Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 408. I went back and double checked because I have caused some mix-ups lately in these podcasts. (laughs) Sorry uh, about that. In case you were confused last week, it was the wrong intro, but the correct episode But even the intro has now been fixed. And so everything should be fine. But I do apologize. It was the same intro from the week before. And it was because I had gotten confused, thought I was on 406, told the editor that anyway, but the actual body of it was correct. But anyway, sorry about that. But I do. Did you see I have new podcast art? I hope y'all like it. It's very pink, very fun, a little fresher, a little more modern. Um, But let's talk about this podcast. This is 408. And I am going to call it, I think, rest is necessary. Rest. So I have been working on a big project that won't come out for quite a long time. So I'm not going to give any details necessarily, but uh, I'm exhausted. And I had been putting off all kinds of things for all kinds of time. And then I had these last two weeks since I turned in my big project it's been bananas. Like I've had things, so many things scheduled. So that's why I had put out another, I mean, I I put out another interview last week, which I try to, you know, space these out, but that's why those have been going out because I had been working so hard on this. So I have just been exhausted and I've been craving rest. So I've been thinking a lot about rest and thought, let's talk about it in relationship to decluttering and the power of decluttering the right way. I know I'm calling my own method the right way, but it is the re- the right way. The no mess decluttering method, the power of that method to allow for rest for a lot of us who have not been able to rest in that way in our homes before. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. When I say a lot of us, what I'm talking about is those of us who have always struggled with clutter, and maybe you're wherever on the spectrum of that for right now, like if you're currently majorly struggling and hopeless and have just figured out this method or you're just trying to grasp it. Or maybe you've made a lot of progress and you're seeing change in your home. Maybe you're kind of already there. A lot of us who tried all the methods, this was me, tried to declutter so many times and 
my house was constantly a disaster. I didn't like my, my house was not that way because I didn't care. My house was not that way because I liked it that way. My house was that way because I couldn't seem to figure it out how to get my house under control and it actually stay under control. Okay. And so therefore my house was constantly weighing on me and it made rest in my home difficult. Okay. Now it doesn't mean that I never rested, but often when I stopped and rested, it was out of feeling overwhelmed and hopeless. Okay. Which is a different kind of rest. You know, I'm talking about the actual restorative rest. It's easier for me to get that when I'm not overwhelmed and hopeless about my house. Right. So anyway, I'm just going to talk about some of that. So those of us who struggle with this, we tend to be push throughers and I'm, you may relate to all of this. You're, you may relate to none of it, but it's what I see in hearing from you and talking to you. We tend to be very successful in other areas of our lives. Okay. Which is part of the reason why it is so incredibly frustrating to struggle in our homes. Cause we're like, yeah, I'm a, I'm an intelligent successful person. Why is this thing so hard that doesn't feel like it should be so hard? Well, we tend to be push throughers. We tend to be big finishers, big project finishers. And because of that, we think that we're going to push through. Oh, there's a cow coming into my office. Don't tell me he's actually going to walk in here. No, he decided to. Oh, he has his nose in my office and his very long, long horns. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Um, we also tend to be distractible. Anyway, we tend to be the types to push through. You know, I talk a lot about project brain, right? I am successful at projects because I have this ability to push through at the neglect of everything else in my life, at the neglect of my own rest, at the neglect of whatever we push through hard. Well, I would try to apply that to my house and it just didn't work, right? Like, because I was never not living in my house. And so it was a constant ongoing thing and there was no finish line. There was no pushing through didn't work, you know, and pushing through is what I had always done to survive when I lived by myself or, you know, before I had kids. And then the more life goes on and you both have more stuff and you've lived in one place even longer, and then you add more people to the mix and more responsibilities to the mix. It came to the point where I didn't, it was too much to push through in the amount of time that I had available to push through. in. you know, like I used to say, I would block off a weekend. My husband would go camping for a couple of days. And while he was gone, I would just completely get the house great from top to bottom. He loved it, right? He came in and uh, and then I had kids and he went camping and he was like, oh, well, you know, I thought maybe you would do what you did those other times. You know, you used to like, uh, I'd come home and the house was great. And I was like, yeah, but now I have a baby and I can't just block off everything and just clean the house from top to bottom, right? Like it just doesn't work anymore. And so it just, it, that was not a sustainable method. It was not an actual solution ever you know, because I was really just shoving things into closets and other rooms, shifting it from one room to the other so that certain rooms looked okay for a, a period of time, right? But we te that tends to be who we are. We have that project frame. We have that ability to push through. We push through hard on things. That's why we're successful in a lot of areas. 
we think we can push through on decluttering, but you know, I was not actually decluttering and I wasn't following the no mess method and all that kind of stuff. And so I was never successful pushing through on decluttering. Okay. So we're talking about rest though here. All right. Now something that, uh, Annie F. Downs, I listened to her podcast, her podcast, it's called, that sounds fun. And she has said this before, and I think she says that someone else says it. And I can't remember who it is that says it, but anyway, I'm quoting her. She says that, uh, the advice she's been given is if you work with your mind rest by doing something with your hands. And if you work with your hands rest by doing something with your mind. And I find that to be incredibly true. Like, yeah, y'all know me and my obsession with gardening and I can be obsessed with it with while also being terrible at it. You know, I'm not good at it at all, but I find it incredibly restful to work on that, even though it makes me sore and I'm exhausted and, you know, physically exhausted. It is incredibly restful for me to do that. Okay. I find it very restful to spend time with people, to schedule time with, with my people. So both gardening and spending time with people, one of the best methods that I have found, just like a lot of other things in my life that I've figured out, and that is put it on the schedule, like put it on the schedule. This is the time when I am going to have lunch with friends like these, you know, don't schedule anything for me on this day because that's the day when I keep it open to have lunch with someone. Okay, this, it is a valid use for me to say, I am not planning anything for these three weekends because on the ones where it's not raining, I'm going to be working in my garden. Okay. Because that's kind of time sensitive. I've learned that. And I'm just going to, you know, make sure I do that because I know this is what I need to make it through. Cause I've been working with my mind. I need to rest with, you know, using my hands. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at mint mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. 
I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Okay, but let's talk about decluttering. The, I wrote it down in my notes as the full mess decluttering process, which is the pull it all out method, right? The one that the, the vast majority of people who talk about decluttering or this is what they advise you to do. It's what I thought I had to do. I thought I had to pull everything out of a space and then just put back what I wanted. Well, that does not allow for rest. Okay. It works well for the people who that's the thing they can't, that they will always push through on is making sure that there's, you know, not a single thing out of place, but usually they're not the ones who are completely overwhelmed and have huge amounts of stuff, right? So the pull it all out method does not allow for rest because even though I can stop, I did stop. That was the problem, but it made me never want to declutter anymore because yes, I had stopped, but it was weighing on me. It was constantly weighing on my mind. I had all these things left to do. You know, if I stopped in the middle of a decluttering project where everything had been pulled out of the space and it's in all these piles, I couldn't rest. I could stop, but it was not restful stopping because there were so many things waiting on me to go back to and weighing on my mind. Okay. So piles don't allow for rest because it's always something left to do. The no mess method, my five-step decluttering process that, you know, if you will follow it, you'll make progress and only progress. And you can stop at any time because you have only made final decisions and acted on those final decisions. And you never put yourself in a situation where you're worse off than you were before you got started. That no mess process sets you up to be able to rest. Okay. It gives you real progress so that when you stop, you can stop guilt-free. You're not stopping going, oh no, oh my word, when am I going to get back to this? Instead, you're stopping saying, I can stop. It's guilt-free rest. Yes, there's more to do, but there's a difference between there being stuff left to do and being stuff that the things I've done won't even count if I don't also do these things, which piles of things to put away later, that's stuff that keeps any progress that I made from counting. Like it's not real progress if, yeah, the space I was decluttering has less stuff in it, but now the counter in front of that cabinet 
has six big old piles on it. Like that doesn't count as actual real progress because I've just moved things from one place to another. But if I've put all those things either in their actual final home and acknowledge the reality of that space, or I've put things in the donate box, or I've put it in the do- in the trash bag, then that's real actual progress. And then I can rest. Okay. So it's that guilty rest versus guilt-free rest. Guilty rest is not really satisfyingly restful, right? Okay. So I did a podcast a couple years ago with someone who, one of the things that she said that I think about a lot was how excited she was that she was finally, after trying everything her whole life, she was finally making progress using the no mess decluttering process. And she said her thing that was most exciting to her was that when her family came to visit, that they wouldn't have to spend every visit working on her house that she was so tired of every time someone came to see her, the whole focus and the whole time being spent on trying to get her house back under control or get stuff out of there. Okay. And so she was excited that getting the house under control would mean they could just come and just visit and just be together. Kind of like I was saying, that time spent with people is incredibly renewing for me. I know it's not for everyone, but I think a lot of us, especially after the isolation of, you know, a few years ago, a lot of us realized, oh, I do need people. You know, and I always knew I needed people, but even a lot of people who I know who maybe thought they didn't need that much human contact now are like, okay, yeah, I need it more than I thought I did. Right. But that is, is renewing And she was excited about being able to do that because of her house being decluttered and not being the thing weighing on them as the thing that has to be done. So there's so much value in that. And I I know that, I mean, I, that was my experience when my kids were young or before I, before I had kids and when my kids were young and my house was really, really, really bad. That's what my mom would do when she came in. Now I didn't resent it. I appreciated it, but I did always feel bad about it. You know, I felt bad that, that she would, and she was always willing to help me, but I'm like, I know that that could potentially affect whether or not she actually wants to come visit me. Right. Like, because coming to visit, isn't just coming to visit. It's coming to visit and doing a big project every time, you know, and, and And so that I didn't want her to dread visiting me. So I understand what the excitement was that that this guest was sharing about wanting to be done and wanting to, or to get the house to the point where that doesn't have to be the focus every single time. So a couple of practical things here, follow the visibility rule, visual improvement reduces your despair, reduces that guilt, and it inspires more decluttering. That's what I always say is that if you'll focus on the visible spaces first, you will see the progress that you're making and seeing that progress is going to increase your decluttering energy as opposed to draining your decluttering energy. When you think, oh, I spent all day decluttering and I have nothing to show for it because I was working on the bottom shelf at the back of the garage that no one ever sees, right? Like that is defeating and removes the energy and is the opposite of rest as opposed to 
starting in a visible place, seeing the progress, seeing the impact on your home, experiencing how much easier it is to live in your home, and then being inspired to declutter more. It inspires you to declutter more, but it also justifies rest. Okay. The story I always tell is my husband coming home and me, I just feel like I'm working and working and working. And in his eyes, he was trying so hard to be supportive, but his eyes were basically looking around like, what? You know, like, cause I literally had nothing to show for all the work that I had been doing. I had been working all day and the house still was a disaster. Right. And so that then made me feel like, oh, can I just sit, sit here and rest? Even though, yes, I had been working all day. It made, not because he made me feel that way. I'm just saying, this is me. It made me feel like, oh, I, I feel weird or guilty resting when anybody who walks in this house would think I hadn't done anything, even though I knew I had done things I had worked. Okay. So I'm in no way am I saying that you don't deserve the rest. What I'm saying is if you will follow the visibility rule, it will help to justify the rest. And I'm not even just saying justify it to other people. Yes. I think visible progress will make people a whole, if you are having issues with people thinking that you shouldn't be resting, visible progress will be a way to help change that. Okay. But even for myself, there is something, whether I'm conscious of it or not, when the progress that I'm making is not visible, I feel like, oh, well, I, I, I can't rest. But if it is visible, it allows me to justify resting. Okay. Other things, not just decluttering, but you know, the four basic habits that we talk about around here, those achieve a lot and justify rest. Okay. If this is one of your first podcasts that you've listened to, my story is that when I started, yes, decluttering was incredibly powerful, but the most powerful thing I did was to start doing basic maintenance tasks every day, even before my house was at a point where I would have even wanted to maintain it in any way for it to stay that way. I mean, it was terrible, but I started doing the dishes every single day and I started working on other habits. Those four habits will keep a house. They will greatly improve a house and they will keep a house from getting to disaster status. And so those four habits allow me to rest because my house feels under control. What are the four habits? Doing the dishes every day. Okay. Doing the dishes every day is one where it's going to take a long time the first time if you're catching up, but every day that I do the dishes it gets easier and quicker and easier and quicker. Okay. Because I start to get better at doing the dishes, but also I'm only doing one day's worth of dishes, which is so much less than even three days worth of dishes. Three days worth of dishes is not three times one day, one day's worth of dishes. It's like 10 times because there's all this moving around and shifting and I don't have an, you know, the room to do it all in one load or whatever. Okay. So doing the dishes, that was the number one thing that surprised me was how much I started feeling okay doing fun things, fun, restful to me things because my dishes were done. Like I didn't realize how much I had been putting off doing things that were restful to me because my dishes weren't done. So one example was when my, my daughter, you know, she was three when I started this process, y'all, she's about to be 18. What in the world? Anyway, 
I had been working. Oh, she had this bookshelf and it was like shaped like my mom had gotten it for her. It was, it was just a plain wooden thing. So it needed to be painted and it was shaped like a house. And I remember getting out my paints and I mean, I'm not a painter or anything, but getting out my paints and painting a little scene in her little dollhouse bookshelf. Right. And how much fun I had doing that. And I remember, and this was very soon after I started the blog. And I remember thinking, I don't feel guilty about doing this. I am able to just enjoy it. And it's because I didn't have to do the dishes first because I always knew I needed to do the dishes, right? And so when I would think, okay, I'm going to go work on this fun project. Oh, I should do the dishes first. But then the dishes were so overwhelming because it was not just one day's worth of dishes. It was, you know, several days or a week's worth of dishes. And I would think, oh, well, I definitely don't have time to do the dishes and this thing. So I just won't do anything, right? Like, and then I didn't, that wasn't restful. So I wasn't doing anything, but that wasn't resting, not doing anything, right? And so keeping the dishes done, I was so surprised at how much time it freed up in my day. And I hear this from people all the time, right? Like having the dishes done is so incredibly freeing, both emotionally, psychologically, but also time-wise, it frees up times. It time. It doesn't seem like it will if you have never done the dishes every day. If you're only thinking doing the dishes equals hours. No, it doesn't. Okay. So it's almost like you have to experience that first. You have to do the dishes every day and just see, does it feel like it frees up time? Okay. Um, other thing is sweeping the kitchen. I know I resist sweeping too. I don't love it, but y'all, it is a small task. And some of y'all are like, it's not a small task for me. I get it. That first time it's going to be a lot of work right? Like it it could be a lot of work. If you've got piles of random stuff, if you have, you know, if part of sweeping the kitchen is finally dealing with the suitcase from your Christmas travels and it's February right now. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that's going to make that big of a difference, or it feels like that's not a small task, but sweeping every day, it is a small task and it has a very large impact, a surprisingly large impact, right? Checking the bathrooms for clutter. That's the third of the four basic habits, right? So checking the bathrooms for clutter allows me to go, oh, you know, the bathroom's really not that bad. I think I can get away with it for another day or another two days or whatever. You know, like, oh, I've got this other thing I want to do. The bathroom looks fine. Maybe it could use a cleaning, but it can go a lot longer if it doesn't have a bunch of stuff everywhere, right? Or it allows me to just do a quick wiping down of, you know, whatever needs the wiping down and then, okay, it'll be fine. Cause I can do my other thing. So it just really frees me up. And, and just that, that reality of the guilt being gone is so powerful. Okay. And then of course there's the five minutes, five minute pickup. Now the beauty of the five minute pickup. And again, I'm not, not saying again from, I already said in this podcast, but I'm just saying one of the things that I will say is if you can only do two things, if you only can do one thing, do the dishes. If you can only do two things, do the dishes and do a five minute pickup. But the beauty of the five minute pickup is that, you know, dishes, sweeping the kitchen, checking the bathrooms for clutter, those all were a bigger job on the first day. A five minute pickup is a five minute pickup is a five minute pickup is a five minute pickup. Meaning I really do mean five minutes. I mean, you do whatever you want to do, but if you're trying to follow my methods, 
there is so much power in the five minute pickup because wow, you can get a lot more done in five minutes than you would have ever thought. But also because wow, so I only have to do this for five minutes and that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Like a five minute pickup means, you know, if if you're feeling like I just can't do the five minute pickup, Dana said, do a five minute pickup, do a five minute pickup. And then I can justify, you know, resting for a little bit. If you do that every day, it's going to have a huge, powerful impact on your house, right? So these four habits, I mean, a house pretty much looks and stays under control and gets under control from just those four habits. And that will free up so much time for rest. It's also very visible. The house will look and feel and function so much differently if you just focus on those four habits. And so much of that guilt over why is my house always a disaster is going to start to leave. Okay. And then the biggest thing to remember is that every single thing I declutter. And when I say declutter, I mean, actually really, truly declutter. Like it leaves my house or it goes to a final actual home where there's space for it, which may mean I'm getting rid of something else to make the space for it. Every single thing that I declutter means less to deal with in the future. I am achieving future rest by getting rid of anything that I get rid of. And I remember I count trash as decluttering. Like every single thing that goes in the trash bag or in the donate box is something I never have to look at either intentionally or subconsciously look at. And it never is going to be a nagging feeling of, oh, you don't get to sit down because there's so much left here. That is one item less to affect me subconsciously that way or consciously. Okay. It's one less thing that I ever have to move around. It's one less thing that I ever have to put away because it's just gone. It's one less thing I have to make a decision about because the decision has been made. It's gone to its actual new home, according to where I would look for it first, or it's gone away, right? Every item that I get out of my house, truly declutter, not just stuff shift it to another space, but truly get it out of my house means I have less to do in the future. There is less to get out of control. So in the midst of I need to stop and have a day where I truly just rest and recharge. Okay. Let's say everything got out of place. The kids took every single toy out or, you know, all the craft stuff gets pulled out during this day where I took a day off. It's less stuff than it was before. So even if it is all out of its space, it's not going to take as much time to get it back because of the work that I've done. So decluttering is incredibly valuable in allowing me to rest and letting me rest and getting me to allow myself to rest. Okay. Cause I'm never going to have to move this thing. I'm never going to have to shift. And so it's just, it's the elimination of work and it just gets me to my goal of, okay, I want my house to be under control and then I'm going to rest for a little bit. You know, like maybe, I'm at the point where, okay, I'm going to get this place cleaned up and then I'm going to just chill on the couch. Well, for every item that doesn't exist in my house, that's one moment less that 
I'm going to have to spend to be able to stop and just rest. Okay. But I just want to go back real quick to the no mess decluttering process because a lot of you are in, well, you're all in a different place. Everybody's in their own place in this journey. And some people are listening and they're like, oh yeah, this is what I need. And this is the inspiration I need to make sure every single thing is put away. And then the house looks great and I can rest. Some of you are like at a point where you can't even walk into a certain room in your house. We're here for all of that. Okay. This process works for all of that. If you're at the point where you can't even walk into a space or you're walking through, you know, pathways of stuff, this method still is the one that you need. Actually, this method is the one that you need because it's going to allow for true progress so that you're resting is not only justified, but it is celebrating the progress that you have made because you've made real actual progress. And remember, if you are in that situation with the pathways, you know, to get through, to get through your stuff, really focus in on that trash and donation, because that is the least physically exhausting of the decluttering steps, because you don't even have to walk anywhere. You're literally just sticking stuff in the trash bag or into the donate box and, and just, the ones that don't cause you a bunch of emotional angst, just put stuff in trash bags, put it in the donate box, you know, and get stuff. And with everything that you do, you can work like that. If you worked like that for 30 minutes, you would make huge progress. And then you would be absolutely justified to take a break. And you wouldn't be like, okay, well, I can only take a break for 20 minutes because, then I got to get back over here and finish up this thing I just started. There's a huge difference in that versus I'm going to work for this amount of time. I'm going to use the no mess method where I'm not creating a bigger mess. And then I can take 20 minutes guilt-free and the chances of you wanting to get up and continue after a 20 minute rest are so much higher. If you made real actual progress and only progress, never a bigger mess progress before than if you did all this stuff halfway and then said, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes to work myself up to actually getting back in there and getting this thing finished. Well, that's not real rest because it's time where you're taking a break, but the whole break is spent trying to psych yourself up to go back and finish. Where when you've done the no mess process, you get to take an actual like, oh yeah, good. I could just be done here and I still would have made progress, but I'm excited to go back because, wow, look at the progress I made in that amount of time. Like the no mess process is so incredibly powerful to keep you going, but it also justifies rest. And it also, and I don't, I don't want to say justifies rest. Like you can't justify rest if you don't follow this way. I'm not saying that at all. Okay. We, we need the rest. I'm saying it helps me rest. And rest is so necessary to keep going. Okay. I hope this was helpful. Sorry about the mix up last week uh, on the podcast episode numbers and all that jazz. Anyway, uh, don't forget that I have books. So if you need to get all this in step-by-step, you know, how to manage your home without losing your mind, it has at the back of it. It has 28 days to hope for your home, which talks you through building those four habits that I talked about here. 
Like it goes day by day, do this, like you add a habit each week and it goes through all of your resistances to doing these things and how to keep going, blah, blah, blah. So focus in on that. And it also talks about decluttering in that, but then decluttering at the speed of life talks you through all the mindset shifts you need to make to declutter and also all of the, um, you know, goes through the process and the different areas of your house and the challenges you'll face and all that. So, um, you can go to a slob slash book. If you want those and they are in audiobook form, both of them as well. It's me doing it. So you could have like a six hour podcast to listen to. It's not a podcast. It's a book. So it's much better edited than me just rambling here, even though Rachel does a great job editing, but you know what I mean? Different thing. All right. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.